good day and welcome to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? No, when you just absolutely the beatdown on Austin P State University, it is just the greatest day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat football fan. <laughs> Indeed it is. They're so great that uh, the beatdown was so great that you added a state to their name. I respect it. It says Austin, A-P-S-U. Is it? Is it Austin <laughs> Peay State? Oh, you're right. Look at that. I don't even know what their name is. The governess. The governess. Uh, Hummer, special day here. Bearcat football has officially started. And for those listening to the podcast, you actually may hear a different chuckle in the background. And that's because we are joined by a special guest today, a guest who is going to be joining us consistently throughout the football season. Uh, JT Smith of vfrontofficenews.com is on the podcast today to talk some football with us. JT, thank you for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. Fellas, thank you for having me on. I am thrilled, thrilled to talk Bearcat football with you guys today. Our CFO, baby. CFO, ladies hey. and gentlemen, chief football officer. <laughs> Build me up, man. That's what we like to hear right there. Pat me on the back. Titles galore. <laughs> Add it to your LinkedIn page. Uh, it's real. It's real. All right, bet. I'll do it. I'll well, do hey, it. let's 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 start talking here about the week that was for the Cincinnati Bearcats. We got into the college football season officially this week with a 55-20 victory over Austin P. Look, it's the kind of game you go into knowing there's going to be no tension. You're not going to feel any stress while watching the game because frankly, it's a game you're going to, it's going to be a blowout. It's just a matter of what will the margin of victory actually be? I would say that 55 20 is a result that was a narrower, a more narrow margin uh, than folks may have expected against Austin P. Uh, but going into it, JT, when you watch a game like this, what are you looking for given that the result is such a sure thing? Honestly, just to see if they're going to stay focused. And they didn't cover. So for anybody that was betting, they didn't cover. <laughs> I got a lot of texts, like, while I was in the booth, and they're like, what are, what are your boys doing? What are your boys doing? I'm like, hey, I, hey, I didn't tell you to make that bet. <laughs> so I'm going to start it off like that. But um, it's just honestly, just looking to see if they're flying around, because it was, you know, only people that were there were cheerleaders, media, and parents. So, you know, normally Nipper is going to be rocking the season opener, especially with weather like it was on Saturday. So for them to just stay consistent and fly around and try to make plays was cool. That's what I looked at. Just seeing if they're going to fly around without the fans itself. Did yeah, they not I mean, have fake crowd noise at all? They did, man. It was crazy. The DJ was pretty decent. Uh, <laughs> they played some good music. And then they did have, like, on third down, they played, like, the music, and it was, like, the crowd getting rowdy. But it still was totally different, man. Totally it, was different. A, it was a weird sound on TV. I, I, I just – I didn't, it didn't sound like fake crowd noise to me. Uh, you could sometimes hear the band. You could sometimes hear the cheerleaders. It sounded it was like just, a high was, school football game, to be honest. It was eerie. It was eerie yeah. to watch and eerie to, to, to hear – and I'm maybe they'll tighten it up as the season goes along, right? Like a, yeah. this was the practice round, just like for the football team. Maybe everything wasn't clicking on all cylinders, but the the that that goes for the sound, that goes for lighting, that goes for coaching. It was yeah. the warm up for everybody. Maybe it was crazy, man. You see the cheerleaders in the stands. It's crazy. Yeah, the cheerleaders in the stands, socially distanced with masks on. 
I gotta say, it was it was a harsh reminder of the reality. Yeah, I could have used less cuts to the cheerleader <laughs> during the game. Like, oh, this is just making me more uncomfortable watching yeah, this game. It was rough, man. Everybody was covered up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we masked up in the boot in the press box and everything, man. So wow, it's serious stuff. Yeah, it's definitely serious. Um, I'm happy they're getting to play, but it, like it it takes our mind off of how serious COVID is. But it, it's it's real. For sure. So how many? Like how many media members were there for the game? Um, normally, like the normal outlets were there, you know, like uh, Cincinnati.com or um, Enquirer, um, you know, PCJ, uh, Athletic. Just, the Athletic. Justin, yeah, okay. Justin Athletic. Uh, so Justin, my man, Justin Williams. I want to say, I don't know if Chad was there or if it was. I saw Chad post something on Twitter. He had I some, Chad. I think he was down on the field. I don't know if he was in the box. Yeah. I know, uh, Thanks, my man saying I'm about to murder his name while I'm thinking about not oh, Royce. He's cool, but he's with BCJ too. He was there and a few others, but uh, it was totally different, man. Just the way normally you get like food, you can just go make some chicken and get some popcorn. <laughs> this time they had just you get bagels, and that was it, man. It wasn't uh, too much. They gave you like a box, like pre made food already just boxed up, like you're like in high school again. So it was crazy. Hey, budgets are tight. You know, we gotta. No, I understand. We're operating man. on a shoestring budget here. <laughs> this is true. No fans in there. Nobody getting drunk. You know, it's like it's crazy. So <laughs> normally people are like, it was the easiest drive into the game I've ever made in my life. Like, like boom, nobody like stopping you. You know, you get through. You're good. I was scared that they were gonna like tow my car away in the in Corey Garage. So it was crazy. Is there anybody After. who is there anybody in in the media section who is guilty? Or is it is maybe everybody's doing it? Does anybody cheer in the media section? Um, let's see. I hope I don't get myself in trouble. But normally people do pretty good. Like, like you do like closet cheers, like because you're like sitting at the table. So like you like if a good play happens, you like fist pump, silent you fist be, pump. You might kind of look over at somebody and be like, yeah, that was a good play, and they acknowledge it. <laughs> a point. <laughs> yeah, you might be like, yeah, that, that was nice. You know what I mean? But you try. Not to. <laughs> Cause like I covered when um, Tuberville was here. I went to the uh, I went to the Purdue game. I feel like somebody got in trouble. Like somebody was a little more animated than they should have been in the box, and they were just like, "If you make any other noise, you will get kicked out of the box." Not me, but I'm saying like I saw somebody like almost get kicked out. Like who? Of a box. So who who enforces that? Who's the enforcer of the know. media box? Like I feel like the SID may be. And I don't even know who it was. Like, I probably was so green at the time of being in the booth in the box. I didn't even realize it, but right. I think it was their SID. I think it was Purdue's SID. He was like laying the smack down. All right, look, you're gonna come back on the podcast, so I want you to. This is homework, right? Next right. next game when you're in the stands, I want <laughs> yeah. you. I guess it'd be Army this coming week. I need you to find out who the enforcer of the media box is for uh, for excessive cheering. All right, we, we asked that too because we were, or I was down in St. Thomas for the Paradise Jam and. And I was working on getting a media pass. And then I honestly stopped following up on it because I was thinking like, wait, man, if I get one of these, I can't cheer. <laughs> and I'm going to get kicked out for sure. <laughs> Trust me. I, I have a guy that like he goes like a season ticker opener for football and basketball. And he writes with me and he's like, man, I'm like, you sure you don't want to, you don't, you want to you know, experience the game this way? He's like, nah, I'll do one game, but. I don't want to get you in trouble, man. I think I'm gonna cheer. So he's like, "Don't give it to give it to the young folks, man. Don't give it to me." So I'm like, "All right, cool." 
Yeah, definitely, definitely guilty parties here with Hummer and I. There's oh, there's, we almost got thrown out of the. I almost no got us thrown out of the Temple game, and you know we weren't even in a press box. We were. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the enforcer there? <laughs> uh, I think her name was Judy. <laughs> she was one of the ushers right now. Hey, that's tough, uh, man. Right on the lower level there, we were. Yeah, just I was being a little too animated uh, during that during that comeback, and she goes, "I know we're all excited." But you really need to calm down, otherwise we're gonna have to ask you to leave. But I will say this, like a, a media secret: basketball games, you can get as long as it's like sold out, of course, and everybody's into it. You can get away with a lot more at basketball games than you can at football, because like you're right there, like we're, you know, you're right where the crowd is. So like essentially, unless you're like just getting up, just acting crazy crazy you, you're probably gonna be good especially when it's rocking like you could be like dang that's a good play you can kind of cheer i don't clap like high or anything but i'm like under the under the table clapping like you could let off a little scream here and there too like you know get a little get your rick flair on during a basketball game but the football you can't pull that off you you they will escort you out of here i've so only seen one person in action uh you know paid attention to him that was justin williams it's, uh this was last year temple at temple so i live in philly Okay. Yeah, so I get I get the pleasure of going to to the to away game when they play Temple, and nice. I met up with Justin Williams during the game, and I'm sitting there looking at him. He's just stone cold faced the whole time, just like <laughs> on his computer. Not a single <laughs> smile, nothing from him. <laughs> and for those who are listening to the podcast, not yeah. watching because this is an audio medium, uh, Hummer was making a very stern face there during that yeah. period. Of <laughs> nice. Well, I was trying to get the typing. I don't know. Yeah, trying to get it picked nice. up by the mic. Nice. I'll insert it. I'll insert it. Now, I, I get Justin to like crack a smile here and there, though. <laughs> that should be the, that should be the new goal is to get Justin to start laughing hysterically during during the games. Have you guys have you guys seen the clip when uh when do I know I'm getting off topic, but like when do's thing is like eighty percent. Have you seen that? Yeah, that I think clip so. last year. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like eighty yeah. percent, and then like Justin's right there. So like now, like anytime, like pick on him because it's like that clip and it's a gif and it's cool <laughs> and he pops up in it because he's grabbing his uh his recorder from the from the table it's funny, it's funny but yeah. it's all good well let's get into the game a little bit here and talk about what we saw on the actual field um when i asked you earlier about what you look for when you play a team like austin p i guess the way i think about it is there's no question about how there's no question about the result that you're going to get from the game yeah. so it's more a matter of what kind of plays are the coaches running? Um, how are they using different players? What does the depth chart look like? What does the running back rotation look like? Is Desmond Ritter, you know, accurate with his throws? I think some of the, those are some of the things you can pay attention to yeah. in a game like this, and it still be pertinent in, in terms of how it carries forward. So let's start with Desmond Ritter. Okay. Uh, since the team, on all, at least offensively, uh, he's going to be the guy who drives this train, right? He's the conductor. Um, that's who the coaching staff is leaning on. Everybody trusts his leadership. And then there's, they're hoping he makes a big step forward this year in terms of his passing accuracy and ability to spread it around the field. What were your takeaways with his performance in game one? I thought he was real solid. Um, made the plays that were there. Missed a couple of throws that maybe um, he probably would like to have back, but he took the chances. That's what I like to see. He was trying to get, you know, gauge, you know, gouge the defense, which I think he wants to do, especially with the new receivers and those tight ends they have. Um, and he wants to get his percentage up. And he, I mean, he started that means 13 of 19, which is definitely on the right path. Uh, made some big throws on fourth down when he needed to the one that Jared Dokes. 
Um, still using his feet. He took one hit that I didn't like him taking early in the game when he slid kind of late, and then the guy kind of got him where it was like a bang bang play. Um, I didn't like that just because you, you need Ritter to be out there. Even though the Bearcats know they do have Ben Bryant if need be, but you know he's he's the guy that's he's a maestro. So, um, but I like what I saw from him. Only thing I would say like it was maybe two plays where I feel like. He, he forced a deep pass when he had the underneath wide open. Um, but I think maybe that's him playing against Austin P too. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I would want, I actually was hoping to see him spread it out and let it loose a little bit more against a team like Austin mm -hmm. P because the competition is so weak. Let's see you try and get it to your receivers a little bit more. I noticed the Bearcats leaned heavily on the tight ends and the running backs in the yeah. passing game. And I think that surprises nobody. It's a talented group of running backs. It's a talented group of tight ends. And frankly, wide receiver was a weakness last season, uh, but it's still, it, it, you could tell that this season it's going to be a conservative offense. It's going to be a, a passing game that relies on short to medium passes. Um, it's not going to be a deep threat necessarily. That said, the number one receiver was out of the game. Alec Pierce yeah, yeah. Uh, was, was kept out with the knee injury in this first game. Do you have any insight into that? Is that more so precautionary? Do they expect him back against Army? That That's what I don't know. That we, we asked uh, Fickle after the game, and he was more so he thinks he's going to be back at Army, but it's something that may could be like maybe a couple week thing, possibly. But they're going to look at it this week, and hopefully he's good to go. Um, but, I mean – you had a true freshman that started, you know, Jadon Thompson, four-star recruit. Um, he had a maybe only one catch, but he had a couple play, like almost plays that kind of gave you like that glimpse of he's going to be a guy that they're going to be able to go down the field with possibly. Yeah, I think it was it was interesting that they they believe in him. They have a lot of belief in him. I guess yeah. was he he probably started because Pierce was out of the game, but yeah. the athletic talents. That, there's no question about it, right? Yeah. He's definitely going to be someone who's special at UC. And it's good to see someone like that as a true, a true freshman playing yeah. game one, already trying to have an impact. Yeah. Well, I also uh, find it interesting, too, that they, the, the running back by committee approach seems to be the way that we're going, too. I was really excited about seeing, you know, Jerome Ford and seeing what he was going to be able to bring. And I think he did great, you know, seven carries, yeah. 28 yards. Uh, but I was also more surprised with uh, with McClellan and what he what he was able to do with the limited touches that he had as well. Yeah, they, they there's a deep, it's a deep group. Honestly, I think the tougher the game is, they, I guess they're going to go from even talking to Jared Dokes and just how um, Fickle said it in the post game, it's going to go kind of hot hand per se, per se. But Dokes is going to get the chance to carry the load when it's when the games are tough, and then I think. You know, it's going to be a sprinkle of Ford and McClellan, and it's depending on who's hot, who gets more more carries. But I think he's going to. I feel like Dokes is going to get pushed into the Michael Michael Warren slot per se, barring any injury or anything first. Well, is um, he the guy that the coaching staff it, they appear to trust him more than anybody on the goal yeah. line, for example? Like they're ready to give him the touchdowns. Yeah. It was an yeah. impressive four touchdown game for him. Surprise, motherfucker! But uh, no, I thought. <laughs> Honestly, his stats don't jump off the page. You know, he averaged two yards a carry. Yeah. Some of that's driven by the fact that his, some of those carries were on the goal line. Um, but it's a deep position. You know, McClellan, early in that first drive, uh, busted out, huge run, fumbled. Uh, yeah. Was he? Was the coaching staff asked about that at all? I mean, that's the kind of thing that'll see your, 
your uh, your share of carries dipped down quickly with the with fumbling problems? No, nah, nobody really really tackled that. They were just seeing like how they were going to use the running backs per se. That was the main question everybody really had. But they were saying because they're playing Austin P. Once again, they were being more loose with the rotation. Yeah, I was, gonna say, I was gonna say I would I don't really want to judge Dokes by his you know two yards per carry or whatever his efficiency because on the receiving end, you know he, he kind of crushed it on on that front. You know with the limited yeah. receptions that he had, I think he led the team in receiving yards. Yep, and he had the most <laughs> catch. He had four four receptions, four receptions for sixty four and a touchdown. So and then he a lot of his carries. I mean he probably had a couple carries the first drive, but when they scored, I mean everything was inside the five yard line. They just kept feeding it to him. So he would get like four one time and then one for every touchdown. I feel like everyone was a one yard touchdown besides that pass. So he definitely channeled his inner Michael Warren without getting like the big run. He didn't get the big run that Mike normally gets to buff it out, especially when you're inside the 10 yard line. Was there anything on the offensive side of the ball before we moved to the talking about the defense, yeah. anything offensively that stood out to you, be it style of play, be it certain players, uh, what jumped out to you? Honestly, the offensive line, you know, last year it was like a hodgepodge. You know, you might have, you know, with Hudson not being able to play last year into the last game and everybody seeing him in that bowl game, be like, man, we needed him all season, right? And then um, everybody else kind of just getting hurt. So they were young, then you got people getting hurt. So then they might play three games. I feel like it was a Jeremy Cooper that might've played three games or it might've been Harper. But anyways, long story short, they were they were just mix and match, you know, that now, I mean, they, even though they're playing Austin P, once again, you got to take a grain of salt, but um, they had, it was a clean pocket pretty much all day. Like he got to step around, got to go through his reads, which is the main thing. I don't, I don't know if Mike is ever going to be like just a throw it around a yard type of offensive coordinator. He doesn't seem like that's going to be his thing, but um, I think they'll be a lot better against better competition besides last year where they kind of only could do a couple of slants to Madaris and then throw the deep ball occasionally to, to appear. So I think they'll have a little bit more, more uh, variety, I would think. And again, they're not going to open up the playbook against Austin P. They're not going to waste no. the good stuff or reveal no. any sort of uh, special plays, special sequences. Exactly. They're not, they're not going to open up anything against Austin This is P. worthless so you're tape see... for Army. Worthless yep. tape for yep. Army. Army's getting nothing out We're of this game from us. No, no. <laughs> Very generic. Yep. <laughs> what you got to do, man. <laughs> no, that's <Austin> true. <laughs> so one thing that, that did jump out to me, I know it's, it's Austin P. I know we're taking a lot of this stuff with a grain of salt. I did think they moved the ball better than I expected. I thought that yeah. defensively, we weren't as stout as I, I maybe predicted or would have expected going against the team that, I mean, the quarterback was inaccurate. He missed several open downfield throws. Yeah. Um, I thought it was the defense didn't hold up as well as you would expect. They weren't as sharp. They definitely weren't as sharp as I was expecting, honestly. But I, I'll blame, I'll take that with COVID. I'm putting that all on COVID because they went from supposed to playing two weeks ago. Um, so they, they pushed it back. This should have been their, technically their third game, right? They should be playing Nebraska. That should have been a Nebraska game, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or am I jumping the gun? But um, was it, or was it, I think it was Miami. We should have been playing Miami. Play Miami. Yes, yeah, play Miami, right? So we play, playing Miami. Should have been a third game. I think they would have been a lot sharper. But I was surprised on how well they did move the ball against them. But then at times, you saw how sharp the defense looked. But at times, I don't know if it was just they're playing Austin P. the first game. Um, 
in no crowd but it was like at times you're like man I, I didn't expect them to be able to do this or do that I mean their first drive they drove it down for three um after that they kind of made a couple of plays. They were kind of being more aggressive than I expected too. They were, they went for it on third, fourth down five times yesterday. I mean, yesterday, yeah, yesterday. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm going to just say this is just a throwaway game per se, not throwaway far as um, they didn't get a lot of good work, but throwaway for like the stats because they, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a preseason a game. You know, you're, yeah. you're shaking off the rust. You're, you're, you're trying to get people some live action against people that they don't know. Because when you're going up against practice, they know those. They know their teammates. They know yeah. their tendencies. They 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 don't need to watch the game film. Here you're getting some live action against players you haven't played against, and it's going to show. I mean, Kim and I were texting throughout the game, and you know one of the things we were pointing out is that Wiggins looked a step slow, and he yeah. was he was getting routinely beat on the defensive end, and hopefully it's just Russ getting shaken off. <laughs> And that yeah, might have just so. been him being put in, in situations that maybe don't favor his skill set. It was when it was when he found himself in man-to-man coverage. It seemed like he was getting toasted. I might also be misunderstanding what the coverage was at the time. I'd let, mm-hmm. I haven't gone back and watched those plays, admittedly, but he did. I saw number one getting beat a few times, and I thought, oh, he, you know, that's like the freak athlete on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the guy that we're thrilled to be getting back. We just didn't look as sharp as you would expect as a unit. But again. I think you made an interesting point about the crowd. I think defensively, that's something you really lean on or a team yeah. could lean on is the energy and environment that Nippert Stadium can provide. And yeah. maybe it wouldn't happen against Austin P. You know, maybe it's a pretty calm crowd in, a, in an environment like that anyway. But yeah. when you get in, in bigger matchups like against Army, like against UCF, um, in those bigger home games, you're going to miss a home crowd, especially yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. Definitely. Um, I think, honestly, the better the team, the more that this team would be pumped up to the play them. Um, but they are going to miss that crowd, honestly. But Austin P. I I just think once they got there, once they got into the trenches with those guys, they probably just felt like we know we're a superior team and maybe took some chances they probably shouldn't have, maybe, uh, you know, on a yeah. coverage here and there. Right. Um, but I think they'll be – better as a unit against army for sure they're gonna to have to be because they're not army's not Austin p for sure so we'll yeah. see what happens it also looked like too though you know you get a team like Austin p they come in and are jacked up that first quarter just like you say like you know they're coming in like yeah we're we still have hope we can do this uh, yeah but then you wear them down and it was it was very evident that there was a point where Austin p just kind of just almost fell apart from an energy perspective yeah and then, you know, in the fourth quarter, we're bringing in the backups. We're, you know, we're getting in second teams and we're playing them and they're able to score. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that had anything to do with the, you know, with, with the talent that – I don't think that was a reflection on Cincinnati and our ability to play defense. I think it was more just seeing, hey, what can we do? What can our guys capable of? Let's get some other guys some play. Yeah. I mean, they put a lot of people in. I mean, I feel – they might have even been at third string at certain spots on a, on the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. when at pure true freshman, there was a point where it was Jones, Thomas, and Pace, and they're all true freshmen from Cincinnati. They were all in there, like one of one sweep that they got beat on. Um, but I mean, everybody got their feet wet. And then the one thing I will say about Austin P, they did not quit. Like when the games were over, I mean, they played hair on fire to the end, even when they were getting smoked. So, um, and that, that's good for the Bearcats because they gave them some probably time where they thought it was going to be easy, where they had to kind of bite down and kind of make some plays, even on offense and defense, because that team wasn't laying down even when they were definitely out of the game. So, 
Well, it's weird for Austin P. This is their this was their last game of the fall. They're they're done for yeah. the yeah. the year. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> they played a three game schedule. Then we're like, all right, it's over. <laughs> so now you like, get Damn. now they get you know four four or five months to just dwell on the fact that they didn't win any of those games. <laughs> And, and try to pick up back in spring and make it to the playoffs. Yeah, those checks. I guess all of the, the checks, checks clear. All of the checks clear, exactly. <laughs> That's all that matters. Get paid. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we didn't mention this group when we were talking about the offense, but, man, our tight end group, uh, we yes. talked about the fact that we can lean on them. That's a talented group and big. Those dudes are large and athletic. Man, that group. So, like, I made a point to ask Fickle about that, too. So, you know, like, that was one of my questions I had him, asked him in a post game. It's like, how did it feel just to see this group be successful after everybody knowing how talented this group is? I mean, Bruno LaBelle, I mean, he's just a senior. Nobody's really talking about him. He's the guy that's just a blocker. He looks solid. But Josh Wild, Wiley and, and Leonard Taylor, those dudes, man, like, honestly, I like I don't know. Like, I've, I've covered a lot of football, covered a lot of basketball. But as good as good as my man DeGar was last year, those guys are even more talented than him. I'm putting that on the record now. Like, wow, they're both more talented. So we got, some draft, we got some draft picks coming up here. That's good. All right. I'm <laughs> telling you, man. Like, I watched before COVID hit, right? So I'm at spring ball. And all you see is just like I think while still while he was still hurt, so it was just Leonard Taylor going with the first. Like I mean, I didn't see anybody stop him like at all. Like when he was in the middle of the field, it was just like Leonard Taylor's coming down with that. Leonard Taylor's doing this. Like unless I'm, I don't know if I'm over exaggerating, but I feel like man, he he's special. And then Josh is a monster. So like those two dudes, man. If they use them right, it's uh, it's sky's the limit for both of those guys, man. They're both like six five, six six, athletic. Like, what are you gonna do, man? I, don't, I just don't know. Tight end university. <laughs> if you want to come here and be a, a pro at tight end, know, this right? is where you come. That's it. <laughs> We're taking over Iowa. We're taking over. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, if you want to be the face of your your team's, if you want to be your team's party animal too, come to Cincinnati. Yeah, come to Cincinnati. <laughs> Just see Travis. <laughs> you don't want to go to Broke Boy, Iowa these days. You got to come to take your talents to Cincinnati, the pro program on the rise. Exactly. Iowa can't can't say the same. Iowa yeah. or Cincinnati? Where would you rather party and have fun? Right. As right? a guy who spent some time in Iowa, let's just say for work, let's All right. just say uh, Cincinnati's an easy choice. All right. So that's what we got to sell to you. Talk about Cincinnati, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> oh man that that'd get us on a lot of another podcast right there <laughs> we're live to you from cincinnati iowa <laughs> <laughs> might start crying talking about basketball cincinnati iowa right <laughs> man i cannot i cannot wait for basketball i know this is this is the game we're talking about austin p but just you know they did announce that i guess the season is officially starting in, in november on the 25th yes after the day after thanksgiving it looks like we're playing in a bubble in orlando for our first few games for the pre-NIT. So I'm actually glad to see we're not starting off with any cupcakes. We're going to get right into it. It's going to yeah, be, not, it's gonna be no, Presbyterian, no Presbyterian <laughs> this year, right? <laughs> like, oh, who, who, who are they playing? Who's their number one score? Okay, all right. When you, consider, <laughs> you consider how many new faces we have on the team, the fact that John Brandon's only in his second year, 
the the stylistic overhaul I, I'm expecting, there's not a worse season to have COVID impact basketball. Honestly, oh, like I sure. was so I am so excited about basketball this season, and to know that we're not going to get the same number of games, we're not going to get the same non-conference <laughs> slate. It's pretty disappointing. Uh, but honestly, at this point, I'll just appreciate whatever we can get. I know. Right? I'm like, man, that's all you can do. I'm like, they got they got Louisville back on the schedule for a home and home just for us to just for COVID to just wash that out of our hands. Like, just imagine, like, because they were playing here first, right? It's going to be they here. Were here. We're coming back. Yeah, they were going like, to be here. Like, man, like fifth third was going to be amazing. Well, then we get we get the waiver for the Julius and and uh, you know our our favorite pundit. Uh, Mr. John Rothstein decided to, you know, instead of picking us third to five conference, he decided to bump us all the way back down to six. He bumped um, us to six? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just giving him <laughs> shit to be honest, because uh, he, he, he just, he has abnormal hate for our program. All of a sudden, I don't get it. It's, it's the Mick effect. Exactly. You do. We do get it. We know what it is. A certain somebody. No, I don't get it. I don't see, get it. And therefore, no. we're not as special to him anymore. Yeah, because you know, like every time he won, he always sent out that special tweet, like when Mick was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now it's a little different. He's like, like I don't know if UC is going to be as good because they got a new coach, and like he's throwing like more jabs at us now. Every time I see him, like yeah. besides before then, it was just kind of like. You see the dark horse there, this. Now he's kind of like solid. They're my dark horse to win the national, yeah. national championship, losing the first round. Rothstein's yeah, exactly. on TV like, I don't know, guys. Bearcats are starting to evolve their style of play, shooting more three-pointers, actually trying to defend three-pointers. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know, guys. They're playing a smarter style of basketball. This may not work out well for them. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to we want our we want our people to push the ball a little bit more, stats to kind of rise, right? Yeah, kids, kids want to play where you get stats, man. That's what I'm trying to tell yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like, like, oh, Arlene score averaged 10 points, and you want me to? I have 30, 30, 10, and 10 in high school. You want me to come here? Or Why? just, hey, you know, you get some talented <laughs> freshmen in your program, maybe give them a shot, of, shot at playing, maybe give them a little bit longer leash, maybe let guys make mistakes in a game that largely thrives on improvisation. I don't know. Just, that is... just think it out loud. I mean, I don't miss it. A, I don't miss that... a, not that Cronin didn't recruit good players. You know, we've gone over this a million times. He's recruited great, great athletes, great, good players. And the difference now is though, I I sometimes feel like Cronin recruited from, from a perspective of having a chip on his shoulder, you know, we're like, Oh, we're an underdog program where Brandon is kind of seems to me in my mind, he's going at it. Like we're not an underdog program. You're coming here because we're going to be the best. Yeah. 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 If you're going to play with me because you are one of the best in the country, you're going to come for this. This is why you're going to be a part of a good fit for our system. Yeah. Cause like, cause Cronin, I, I will like as much as I will say certain stuff in general, he, he did get solid players in, in the program and he did go after a lot of good players. It's just that, he would go after the underdog, kind of the underdog player. You'd be like, oh, this kid went to Houston and he might not, you know, you got kids in their backyard not getting an offer where they're, right. you know, Jackson Hayes doesn't get an offer, even though we may maybe not get them. But, you know, this kid watched, you know, you see since he was a young buck, they might have a special place in his heart. It, you know, they might be like, hey, I might stay home just to play with you see because I've watched, you know, went to games since I was two years old probably. You know, and then we miss out on those guys. At least, like, what I like about Brandon is he's shooting his shot. If you don't get him, so what? But he's offering, the, you know, the McMillans that are, you know, four-star point guards, you know, and other cats. And I think he 
offer Rayvon Griffin, that's a um, young man, I think in 23, you know, that goes to Taft, you know, where I don't think Cronin even is going to make that offer. Even though, do we get him? Who knows? But at least he's trying to get that local talent, man, because, you know, it's, it's a lot around here. If you can get like the top two or three kids around this area on consistent base or in Ohio, you're probably going to be a pretty good team. Absolutely. Brandon recruits Brandon recruits as if Cincinnati is a top 10 basketball program, which we it. are. And that's how love you should it. recruit. I love Whereas it, man. I felt like Nick Cronin recruited and manifested this reality of, you know, well, we're just not in a big enough conference and I can't recruit these guys. Yeah. He made it true because he didn't even try. Just go yeah. after the big dogs, cast a big net, get, the, big net, get yeah. the best players you can. Yeah, well, yeah. watch, as, as the success rolls in in basketball, those guys are going to start falling our way. You know, they're going to yeah. see that the system's working. They're going to see guys that, you know, getting guys drafted is, is huge. So the last few classes that we've had where guys were getting drafted is so big for the brand. But as yeah. we continue that success, more guys are going to want to come here and we're going to start getting those big name recruits. Yeah. And it's going to, it is possible. And Fickle is doing the same thing on the football side. So, yeah. you know, we were talking about how good our tight ends are and, I'm going to give Springfield, Ohio, a local nod. I don't care what people say. I'm, I'm claiming it as Cincinnati territory. But two of those guys are from the, from the area. Yeah. You know, they're local prospects. They're local oh. guys playing for the team. And we probably wouldn't have got that in the past. Oh, for sure. I mean, you got – just think about it. A 100-mile radius from Cincinnati. Springfield's within that 100 miles. You know, and they're getting those guys. You know, just think about Desmond Ritter, Louisville – I mean, Lexington. No, Louisville or Lexington? No, Louisville. So you gotta think about it within a hundred miles. So before we probably don't get them, you know, certain people. Um, but you get all these kids there. I mean, Jahi, Tom. I mean, Thomas, the linebacker from that went to Princeton. Princeton, I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody in the nation wanted him. Like everybody, it wasn't like a. You know, some people are package deals. Like oh, if if my son goes here, you get you get him too. Type of a deal. Like or if my cousin goes here, you get him. He wasn't like that. I mean, Ohio State wanted him, LSU wanted him, and like people were like ticked off that he didn't go to LSU. I mean, not LSU, but um, Ohio State. Like, well, he didn't go with Henry, who was the defensive tackle that went there. And yeah, we um, have more wins in Ohio State this year, okay? That's true. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. But I'm saying, like, this is the talent that he's getting. Where Tubbs, he kind of was like, uh, he was he was just getting a free check, and that's I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, he was just retired, man. He was retired. Hey, Tubbs, man, he blocked me on Twitter. Yeah. That's how you know you made it. He blocked me on Twitter. I looked at it, and everybody was saying when he was running for Congress, and I was like, oh, let me see what he's talking about. And it was like, you cannot view Tommy Tuberville's tweets. I was like, maybe I am doing something right. Well, you're really missing out, man. You're missing some deep and true analysis and thoughts, deep thoughts from Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, but he didn't recruit, like, everybody that I know that, like, has ties to the elders, ex. Like, I know a person that's, like, a assistant basketball coach, but he knows, like, the football coaches and whatever. And he's like, man, Tuberville only came in here one time, one time in the elder, the whole wow. time he was recruiting. Wow. That's what I – no BS. He said he you, came You should like have an office time. in elder. Like, you should have your own office Dude, as a Fickle, UC coach. Fickle <laughs> did a freaking – spring ball practice there spring ball practice i went because i only live like down the street from elder like probably like 10 minutes away right yeah and so i'm like all right my son had something going on i was like, all right it's early then i went to that i went went and watched it i went and covered interviewed a couple of players but he legit 
had a scrimmage, like a practice at Eldersfield, on Eldersfield. And then I think he did one at St. X the year before. Like, how smart is that? Like, you yeah. go to the best places and you establish relationships. I mean, all those kids are going D1 everywhere. At least, at least let them know, like, hey, you can stay here if you want, right? It's polar opposites. You know, it, it's fickle <laughs> being a guy who believes in the program. He believes in actually building things and engaging in the community. And you, and you nailed it. Tupperville was here for a golden parachute. This was just yeah. a job to cash oh, checks for a few years, man. make his, make a few extra million bucks and then move on into the, the life. The red, of, the red of flag of with Tommy Tuberville was when like within the first like three days of announcing he's coming to Cincinnati, he had a car dealership ad. Did he? I, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, it was like, that. he got announced and the next day they're running like McCluskey Chevrolet. I'm Tommy Tuberville <laughs> and I'm here to give you a winning Ford. <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. I remember like everybody's like, man, they don't, they don't recruit around here and i'm like they don't do they and it's just start dwindling down man well that's that's the thing yeah they got to realize that if you're not going to recruit locally here you're not going to succeed we're yeah. not a school that's going to be pulling la la you know los angeles kids yeah. we're not going to be pulling you know seattle we're probably not getting a lot of florida players we'll get some we get some we got we yeah. gotta yeah it's some but you can't you can't bank on Florida being your lifeline near Cincinnati, you know, like that's where Tuberville, like he went off his old Florida stuff. And I just think he was mailing in regardless, but like, we do have a few Florida, Georgia kids now, but you get, you got Illinois, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan. Like those are, our. you look at the rosters. That should be the core of our program. That it's should be what 50, we're building upon. It's over 50% of the roster right now. Like I don't even have to look at, it. I know it's over 50%. And that's, that's, that's half the battle, man. Like, just think about it. All these schools that were that popped up that are good, that are solid now. Like, well, Michigan State's kind of sucks right now. But when they made their rise, sucks to be them. <laughs> no, right? They, they made their rise, and they lost Fickle too. But uh, <laughs> and they were like super cocky about it, so that made it even funnier. But um, just think about it, Kentucky. Kentucky, you know, I hate Kentucky. Like, I despise Kentucky, right? But, You're not alone. But yeah, Ohio, this is this is the anti-Kentucky podcast. <laughs> I feel you. Hey, bro, I'm in the right place. Um, they are decent now because they plucked Ohio pretty decent. Like when when whatchamacallit was slacking, they were getting on it. You know, the Benny Snails, you know, all these guys, like dang, they're now they're pretty decent. They're winning over six games and going to a bowl. And then um Iowa State. Iowa State, when's the last time you realized Iowa State was kind of decent before like the last three or four years? Think yeah. about it. Besides right. basketball, basketball they've been you know they've been pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, Shout out to they, Marcus Pfizer. Yeah, Pfizer. <laughs> oh man, he was a dog. But uh, <laughs> I thought he was gonna be so good in the NBA, man. He let me down. Yeah. But uh, not, not <laughs> that'd be ball. another. <laughs> he let me down, man. He was the bull. I was like, man, he about to be next Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay, but uh, <laughs> all right, almost right. At least he got paid. But uh, <laughs> look at it that way. But just like Iowa State, just think about it. David Montgomery was playing for the Bears. I don't even think he had a UC offer. Wow. Right in your back backyard. He put them, he put Iowa State back on the map pretty much by himself in a couple wide receivers. Didn't yeah. I have I don't think he had I don't think he had an SSA offer. It seems it I mean, seems we were in the too obvious. Where Joe but... Burrow. Like let's be like there was a three way there was a small yeah. tiny chance. Small chance. <laughs> but like we were in the conversation for Joe Burrow. Like that doesn't like that's yeah. awesome. Just think about it though. I wonder, like, man, he he made the right decision though. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent Yeah, I'd say so. 
but it was close like like i felt like i was like ready i'm like i was hearing stuff like man i think joe's coming and then i was like then I was, he went down the lsu i was like ah, it's over man he's looking he looks good though I, yeah. I think what he's doing behind that were the worst offensive line in the history of offensive lines <laughs> uh to still not have to like he's not throwing interceptions yeah he's he's, no, he's he playing hasn't. well for what he has yeah, because he's definitely – I mean, I'm blocking for him right now. And <laughs> there – I just hope they don't kill this man. Like, he's, like, giving Cincinnati hope. Just yeah, stay healthy. Look, don't get hurt. Please don't get four, hurt. <laughs> it's a countdown clock. 14 more games. Can we keep him alive? Know, right? Can like, we keep his ACL intact? First-round first draft pick, offensive <laughs> lineman. <laughs> I know, right? It's like they – but what kills me about the Bengals, like, they spent all this money, right? And then they don't draft a single lineman. Like, it's like, oh, our line, our line is good. We feel madness. comfortable. We have just I'm like madness. Dude, like you just picking up guys like on a scrap heap. Like just put them out there. Let's put them like Bobby Hart, man. Uh, I mean, they, um, they, they keep he's getting paid, so you could talk about people getting paid. So like, I don't, I don't like dog college people because they're not getting paid. But you getting, I mean, he's a millionaire, man. Like, and he's. I think I could block better. He looks confused on every snap. He looks like, a, like I, I don't know who I'm supposed to be blocking. Whatever, I won't block and they, anybody. And they never give him help. Like, why are you got him on one-on-one? <laughs> yeah, that's the last like, guy can to you have chip? You need to have, like, the tight end has to stay in. If you're going to just, I don't understand. Like, I understand giving Jonah a chance, but Bobby, man. Then they paid him. I was like, Jesus. He got a hell, hell of an agent. Well, hey, I'm gonna. We've got we've got the Lakers and Nuggets in Game Two here, heading down the stretch, and I'm desperate to watch it. But I do want to pose this question to both okay. of you before we go. Army coming to Cincinnati right now. They're ranked 22nd. Yeah. Bearcats at 14. We didn't mention that actually, and we should mention this. Yeah. We're not ranked Bearcats, 14 anymore. The Bearcats went down in the polls. I thought we went from 13 to 14. We're 13 to 14, and we and went from 14 to 6. 14 and 16 in the coaches and AP 13 and 14. The disrespect never stops. No, so love, man. here's the disrespect I've seen. First off, Memphis won their their game, so they jumped us. But then Kentucky, they didn't win a game, they didn't play a game. They went from 23 to 14. <laughs> that has to be the biggest jump in the history of the AP poll without winning a game. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's the SEC love, man. They must Phone like calls. Play, hey, play. Come on, guys. We need yeah. some votes. Come on. They don't love us, man. They have good pillow talk. Have you heard about how good our practices have been lately? <laughs> well, we do have a ch- we have a chance coming up to prove ourselves in a more significant way against Army. So Army is twenty second triple option. Not going to see a lot of throwing from their side, but they are going to try and ram it down our throats. Yeah. The the line is eleven and a half points. Bearcats favored. Okay. So rather than asking you if you think we're going to win or lose, because obviously we all think we're going to pull off a victory here. Yes. Are we going to cover 11 and a half points? Mm. They must know something. I don't know. So betting corner. What are we doing? And <laughs> like me, man, like I am terrible. Like if I feel like they're going to cover, then they probably won't. And if I feel like they're not going to cover, they probably will. So like, I don't think they're going to cover. I think they'll win by 10. 10-ish, maybe okay. 11. I'm with it. But, I don't think we're going to cover either. Yeah, I don't think we're going to cover. But because I'm saying this on something, and it's something that somebody can go back and check, they'll cover. They'll win about three touchdowns. So but let's I'm go not, ahead and well, – Before saying, we go, I think this is a really good time to introduce this this concept of the the, the curse of Coomer, the Coomer <laughs> jinx. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a Coomer real jinx. thing. So when Coomer says we're not going to cover, 
that means we actually really are going to cover. Really? And if we are going to cover, we're not going to cover. So it's a superpower. But here's the thing, Hover. It has to be organic. I have to. I have to say that was it organic. You, you meant. I that. know. No, but I mean, yeah, you're right. I can't. I can't force it. I can't force things I want to happen happen. I can't force them to happen, right? Yeah. So if I if I know I have a reverse jinx and I know I want to see LeBron win the title, I can't just be out here like you know. Well, he's going to obviously lose. The Nuggets are going to win this in, in four. Uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> I have to actually mean it. I have to be willing to put some money behind it. So it's going to be tough if I'm not actually putting money on it, Hummer. Mm -hmm. That's usually when the jinx works. But but we'll see. I think I think the Bearcats are going to win this game. My prediction would be 24-17. That's my prediction. prediction. Bearcats win. What do you got, Hummer? I think they're going to win. I think they're going to score some points. Um, I, I think the Bearcats are going to score more points than Army. <laughs> Give me a score. Ooh, uh, I think it's going to be a barn burner. I think there's just going to be a lack of, of defense on both sides of the ball. Uh, both, both teams, I think they're going to come out. It's going to be something like, like 31, you know, some weird score to, to like Bearcats putting up 40. Ooh, Okay. Yeah. We're covering 40, 40 to 31. We're not covering. Sorry. We're not covering. We're not covering. Okay. <laughs> what, what's your official score, JT? Oh man. Without like looking at army at all. Just no, man. Off, off, the, the, off, the, off the cuff. Off the oh, cuff. that's why I just threw out the most outrageous off score. The cuff, I'm going to say I'm going vanilla, like 27, 17. I feel okay. like that's a realistic score. So you heard it here, folks. Don't put your money on the Bearcats to cover this week. Or do. Take the over. Take if you the think, over. If you think none of us know what we're talking about, maybe that's exactly what you should do is put money on the Bearcats to cover. Yeah, don't listen to us. Don't listen to me for betting advice. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm the worst. I might write a lot about sports, but I'm terrible. Like, every time somebody asks me about betting, I'm, I'm the worst. It always goes the opposite way. They're like, dude, I thought you watched sports all the time. Like, I, trust me, I do, yeah. but... If you want to bet, you know, I got a perfect, perfect place for you. It's called, I, I don't know what the casino is called nowadays, but, you know, it was Jack's Casino at one point. Uh, whatever the casino that. is downtown, there's a roulette table there. Go put your money on red or black. Yeah, it's the best way, man. <laughs> best way. That way you're rooting for UC either way, yep. red or black. Yep. Definitely going to save your colors there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JT. Well, we appreciate you joining us here for week one talk about the Bearcats. Off to a good start. Hopefully we're reconvening next Sunday after a, a good hard fought win over army. In the meantime, be well this week, sir. Good talking to you and uh, looking forward to touching base next week. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Take it awesome. easy, sir. Thank Cheers. you. All right.